Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasic and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vasic. You can find me on Twitter at Hashtag Kangas. So today I was joined by Mark Hello once again as we did a review of North Melbourne versus Sydney game on the weekend. We definitely went in depth, talked about... Um, what a great response uh, what, uh, after the Brisbane performance. Why uh, we had to get a 100-point Belton. Um, well, we try to touch on that. Why we had to get a 100-point Belton to get a response like that and so forth. We talked about individual players, uh, possible uh, list changes as well. Uh, we went on a bit of a ramp, but it was a good fun chat uh, um, as we talked about in, yeah certain individuals and where they're at in their careers. So... Anyways, I won't hold you up anymore. I'll bring on Mark right now. All right, so I'm joined uh, once again by Mark. Hello. Just uh, reviewing the performance over the weekend. So obviously you were like me, Mark, and a bit happier this week as opposed to the Brisbane game. Yeah, I, I think um, you and me and thousands of other North supporters <laughs> are a lot, a lot happier this yeah, week yeah. than we were. I, I, I'd say uh, more than any other time in the last three years, I, I felt like, and I'm not talking about the North supporters um, who go ballistic every time we lose any game and start, you know, attacking players and coaches and all that sort of stuff. But, I mean, most normal North supporters um, that are just passionate about it, but they're reasonable as well, we're probably more upset after the Brisbane game than we had been for a few years. Yeah. Um, and I, I just felt like that was possibly because we'd seen so much growth at the end of last year. Uh, yeah. It was such such confidence in the squad and yeah. then suddenly we're just seeing this trend of the practice matches the Hawthorne game the West mm. Coast game wasn't you know amazing either although they won yeah. uh, and and then the you know the Brisbane game um you just say well hold on what's the, the direction seems to have got lost the buy-in seems to be gone um yeah. and you know and then so there was a lot of pressure on this week and it, it really had to I mean look it, it went the right way but it almost it sort of felt like it needed to as well yeah, oh, I mean, there was only one one way it could go, and that was up after last week. Particularly, <laughs> particularly that last quarter against Brisbane. That that was, um, yeah, we've seen all the stats and we've seen the efforts and so forth. And it, it pretty much, um, yeah, the majority of players just gave up. It was just a bit too hard for them. And uh, mm. Brisbane were allowed to do whatever they wanted. It was, um, yeah, basically a training drill uh, with witches hats out there. So yeah, yeah we, we kind of wanted a response. Um, weren't too sure we we're going to get one, but. What in saying that, Mark? What does it take a hundred point loss like that to have a reaction um, and play like that? Yeah, well, that's a great question because I guess um, what can get lost in after the performance is talking about what a great response it was and uh, yeah. how much better it was. But the, the question's got to does have to be asked. You're quite right. Why would it take you know three very uh, two poor practice games, three very average games? Uh, sorry, two very average games in the season, and then a disaster against. Brisbane to suddenly um, drive training standards um, yeah. and every, and everything else. So although the response was good, the, the question you'd have, not so much of the players, I, I don't think, because they're a young group more than anything, but maybe the senior group of players won, but more importantly, the coaches, what would, if you, if you could ask them a question, I'd ask them, what would you do differently next time or from here on in to not let that happen again? Because, Really, you've allowed, you know, let's call it six months of pre-season um, yes. to effectively go down the drain in the first sort of four weeks of games 
because something was amiss that would clearly was wasn't that hard to rectify because no. within a week you fixed it and the, the pressure was outstanding um, yes. on the weekend. The pressure was good. The intent was good. The intent to move the ball quickly was good. Um, yes. You know, hats off to the coaches with some of the changes they made. You know, Zeeble yes. going forward, Turner playing defensive, um, playing yes. a def- as a defensive forward, uh, worked brilliantly uh, against, you know, their, their most, um, Blakey is probably their most attacking halfback. And McDonald up on the wing was awesome. So the coaches did some great things. But again, yes. it, it, you're quite right. It just shouldn't have got to this point for that to have happened because I think we would have beaten Hawthorne easily had we shown that in the first round. We probably would have beaten West Coast easily. We would have mm. been competitive against Brisbane. I certainly don't you know, necessarily think we could have won, of course. But And, yeah. um, you know, we would have gone to the Sydney game full of confidence. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe we wouldn't have done as well. But, yeah, I just... Look, it's not about wins and losses this year, but I, I just hope that's the, the line in the sand game for us, and that level of intent just stays there now. For, you know, for the next couple of years at least. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, it's you it talked about pressure. Um, there's one player um, that led the team in pressure acts with uh, 59 or oh, 59 points, and had an equal team uh, high of eight tackles. Do you know which player that is? I just don't. Quick, it was Jaden Stevenson. Really. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that that shows. I mean, he's he's probably one player that um, you know, was a symbol of how the club was going. Pretty much just coasting through the motions in pre-season, not really, you know, not really showing too much intent or effort. And then all of a sudden, you know, yeah, it, it sets the benchmark for the team. If someone like that is doing that, you know, like it um, it sets the benchmark for everyone else. And that's that's got to be the standard from now on too, doesn't it? Like uh, not just uh, in individual players, but everyone on a team as a collective that the pressure's got to come first and then, yeah, then after that the offense will come. I'm really I'm really excited to hear that. I had no idea. I mean, I thought he played well, but I, I wasn't as attuned um, to it as you were in terms of the actual stats around it. I mean, that, if, if he can do that, he can, yeah. become, he can become an All-Australian player because his talent, is just you know off the charts. So yeah, I'm I'm thrilled for him, and I'm thrilled even more so for the club because if the pennies, you know, if, if the penny's starting to drop for him, and I'm maybe um, losing his spot for that week has made a big difference because he went back, did a great job in the VFL, showed a great attitude. I thought he was one of our best in the second half against Brisbane the week mm. prior, and I thought his movement through the middle of the ground and his speed. Um, we don't have many, you know, that many players with that breakaway speed that he's got, and he's quite calm. He's actually not panicking with the ball um, through the yeah. middle there. So, yeah, that's that's great news. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that the big thing that stood out for him uh, was that chase down tackle with Justin McInerney in the last quarter. Yeah, where he tried. Like I think even McInerney was surprised because he took a bounce, just coasting through ring uh, wing. Probably thinking, oh, it's only Stevenson chasing me. Well, I don't really have to, you know, <laughs> go too hard. And yeah, got got caught. And yeah, I mean, we all know how how good and how much of a talent he is. And I did talk to a couple of Collingwood uh, people about, um, and they were just asking about him. Um, a couple of Collingwood mates, and they were just asking about him. Oh, how come he got dropped? I said, oh, well, he was just coasting. He goes, that's exactly what happened to him at Collingwood. That's why we got rid of him. He just uh, when we went in the bubble, he just coasted through the whole season, got dropped a few times, and. Yeah, that's why Collingwood got rid of him. Well, so I, I think that I think that's laugh. I mean, I'm not talking about your mate, but I'm talking about Collingwood. I, I just think yeah. that's laughably stupid to react yeah. that way to a guy who's 20 years old. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, 
Yeah, um, I mean, but, no, but like, that's great for us that they did. I mean, what a bonus. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think they, um, they're under a bit of salary crap pressure yes. too. So I think that's so, more, I think that's far more um, closer to the reality than the fact they didn't think he could come good. I mean, that would just be crazy. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But um, look, if he if he puts that much pressure, if his defensive side is uh, going to be like that, then he's going to be a very, very good player for the rest of the season and the rest of his career. So, yeah, hopefully he can uh, continue that and not hey, just be... Yeah, go on. Just back to your original question about why you know, why did it take a humiliating loss to Brisbane to come good? Yeah. I, I, I just wonder whether the, um, the coaching group, you know, led by Noble... A conscious of the fact that this is a young group, they, they don't want to be too aggressive with them mm. in terms of communication. Uh, they, you know, and he'll talk like that about being on a journey and, you know, they need nourishment of a win and stuff like that. And, and maybe he, he, they just hadn't been as direct as they needed to be or as honest or confrontational as they perhaps needed to be with the group. Yeah. Uh, and it took the, the shock of the Brisbane loss for them to... to some of the home truths to come out, and maybe they had an honesty session. I don't know. You know, it's just a guess. But yeah, I mean, all signs were pointing. Like I was a bit deluded into thinking after the first two rounds, I thought, oh, maybe they're just setting themselves up for the Brisbane game. You know, I think we're putting in a competitive performance against them. Mm. But the game was over effectively in five minutes uh, against yeah. Brisbane. Um, it was four goals. Yeah, and yeah, it was it was pretty much yeah. You're never coming back from that, and. Maybe that uh, had a bit of a psyche on a team. When nine goals down at three-quarter time, they thought, well, we can't win, so let's just put the queue in a rack. Mm. And some players just didn't uh, give 100%. So, yeah, I mean, oh, anyways, we go forward. And um, yeah. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully uh, this is the bar that we've set now. And, and even the way we move the ball through, you know, with purpose as well. Like, we'll try and, you know, we'll move the ball a lot quicker. And, if you tend, and more often than not, if you move the ball quicker, your skills are a lot better. Whereas if you slow the game down, you allow players to get back. Well, they don't have time to think about it. Yeah. They don't have yeah, time to be nothing. fearful of making a mistake. I think, yeah. I think you're absolutely right, and I think the same applies for playing. If your mindset's to be aggressive and pressure the opposition, that's already a positive mindset, and that then flowed on to their confidence through the rest of their game. I'll yeah. tell you what, if they, if they have that intent for the rest of the year, win or lose, I'll be happy. You know, that was great to watch. Yeah, I think that I think you win more games than you lose if you play like that. But I mean, I guess that uh, the element of surprise has has gone a bit. Um, yeah, throwing a few magnets around, like Jack Zebel set the tone within the first minute by putting that tackle on uh, Blakey, and yeah, kicking a goal and setting us off. But um, now that we're sort of we're throwing all our you know chips in, that um, maybe against yeah the Western Bulldogs, they kind of know what we're going to throw at them this week. So, that, that, but anyways, that's, that's, not, that's yeah. true. That's very true. But look, I mean, if you do, if we forget the next sort of five or six weeks and look to the back half of the season, I mean, the positive at the moment is we've got Cunnington, Phillips, Anderson, Powell, Thomas all unavailable. That's a big chunk mm, uh, of yeah, midfields, and yet we don't look like we've got players who aren't up to it on the ground. You know, certainly on the weekend, um, yeah. there's a couple you could argue are still fifty-fifty, but yeah. it, there's some depth there now where they can still put out a very competitive side. Now, we're, this time last year when we had bad injuries, it, we weren't even close to that. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a step forward. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I couldn't couldn't agree more. Uh, talking about individual uh, players, mm. uh, which are players you thought played really well. I mean, I mean, the team played well in general, but uh, any five or six players that you thought really stood out? Yeah, well, there's, there's a few things that I really enjoyed 
because um, I feel like it's got some long-term ramifications. And, and with so you take Turner and Zebel out of the back line. Mm. I just thought it gave us a different look, and I, I, I certainly like the looks of Perez. Um, oh. Perez coming into the side, I, I just think that one he looked for someone who hadn't played for so long. He handled the intensity, particularly early. He probably got a bit tired after oh, half time. But um, first half, he looked really, really good. He looked, he's clearly skillful, but he's strong. He's very, the one thing, good news about his bad knees, put on some more muscle and he's really strong. Yeah. Um, and he's a good athlete. So I, I just loved, I love the look. So having him down there with Hall, um, actually, look, he made, I know he made some mistakes. Um, yeah. And he and Young, they're all, they're all, they've all got athletic traits that we've lacked in the past in our back line. Yeah. So I, yeah, thought, I thought that was a positive. I'm not saying they're all dominant players, but I just thought that I, I just love the look of that. Um, yeah. And and then look, LDU coming back into the side with Jason Horn Francis in the middle. Those two were terrific. Simpkin was obviously great. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I thought there are a lot of there are a lot of players. Um, that's it. And look, I, I, I think Taylor's not quite getting the number of possessions he probably wants. He only had 11. Yeah. But he looks great whenever he's got the ball. And he works so hard when he doesn't have the ball. And, and the other one I'd put into that is, is Scott as well, who, who actually got the rewards this week. I think he had just under 20 possessions. Yeah. Um, so those two, I think, are starting to really move forward, which is really exciting. Yeah, 100%. Like. You're, you're right about Flynn Perez. He, he uh, didn't get a possession last quarter, and I think that's just uh, uh, fatigue a bit. Um, yeah. Probably yeah, even uh, there was a mention of him in the reserves that he started falling away and at the end of quarters that he was getting tired. So he's just got to get that match, match fitness up, but his skills are very good as well. Um, yeah. Big yeah. talent. Yeah, yeah, uh, huge talent. Uh, could play on the wing or even in the back half. Yeah, Lockie Young's got a tremendous amount of athleticism. Um, mm. It's been very good this year, I think, uh, on the wing or and yes. he's moved, yeah, moved uh, into the back line. Yeah, Jason Francis. I don't think you can talk enough about him. Um, yeah, he was he was unbelievable, uh, particularly in the second and third quarter. I, I thought he was really good. Uh, last quarter he fell away, only had the one touch, but that that's that's what happens uh, with the young team. Hey. Yeah, we we kind of accept. Um, yes. That you're going to get tired uh, with young yeah. kids. So did, in did Stevenson play back at any stage, or was he just playing defensive wing a bit during that first half? Um, I think he was playing predominantly in the midfield, uh, just dropping back a little yeah. bit. He was, uh, he was doing a great job of supporting the, the back line early on, in particular. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and then carrying the ball forward from there, he was yeah, it was very good. At one stage, yeah. I wasn't even sure if he might have been moved to a back flank because he was getting so many possessions around that area. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a good user of football. Very smart. Yes. Like, uh, we're not going to question him on that. Uh, no. But, um, yeah, it's just getting his hands on the football. And I think he looks a better player when he's playing, you know, maybe 60% forward, 40% midfield or 70% forward, uh, 30% midfield. Whereas at the start of the year, uh, the first round, he was just playing as a half forward flanker. And I'm not too sure if that's to do with his preseason, maybe a little bit that he wasn't fit enough. So hopefully, um, yeah, it looks like it's he's stung himself into action, so which yeah. is the most important thing. But um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, good individual contributors uh, throughout. So oh, yeah, sorry, I should mention Goldie too, since I've, I've I have criticised him as a fucking <laughs> forward. Um, yeah, he he kicked a couple and uh, he's picked up 16 possessions, kicked two great goals. Uh, yeah, he looked really good. No, oh, definitely. Yeah, he's still still an important uh, and the part skipper, of, um, of course, the skipper. 
Oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a that was a bit of a surprise throwing forward, but um, yeah, definitely worked a treat. And that uh, handball to Kane Turner as well in the last. I thought that might have been a catalyst to uh, keep us going. Like I thought that was um, going to be a big turning point that uh, we we're going to win after that. I but, think so. Uh, yeah, um, but unfortunately, just fell short. But still, a very good handball. To just Kane. a bit fatigued, weren't we, in the last ten minutes? Yeah, I mean, you look at the last quarter. Still could have won. Still could have won. Oh look, we still had our chances. Um, there's a there was a goal mouth mouth scramble right on the goal line. Basically, if someone mm. gets a foot of that, you you probably hit the front. So, and then yeah, I will talk about uh, the Boston of Valagi decision at the end. Mm. Um, what do you make of it? Uh, <laughs> it wasn't a great decision, um, yeah. but especially when you've got a the captain at you know down deep in the forward line has already kicked five goals. You want probably get it down there but at the end of the day I'm not going to blame a young player for making a a mistake under pressure Um, you know that it's never one thing that costs you a game there's always lots of things I mean if I I was going to give one specific reason why I think we lost that game it was purely because I think Nick Larkey had an off day yeah I I think if, if he had his normal hands you know I'm not everyone has an off day and he just his hands he just wasn't holding marks like he normally did. He, he should have been good for two or three goals on on uh, Saturday, and yeah, uh, he didn't, he didn't but, take one. Mark, so. No, that's right. It's just, it's just, he just, just one of those things. He's either his timing or something was just quite. But he had plenty of opportunities to. They were just going through his fingers. It's very unusual for him. Um, yeah, he he has just you know his normal output. And I think we would have won the game. So look, the, yeah. and that that happened. So there's no point blaming Atsu for a mistake late late in the game, which yeah, a lot of you know, a lot of the media keep talking about that that mistake. Yeah, yeah. You know, a game never comes down to one mistake. There's always going to no. be multiple. It's just that the timing of it's bad. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, at the end of the day, look, I, I, there was um I think uh Teflon Snake uh put a good tweet up today that sort of saying that uh, Bailey Scott was um telling him to go short and I think there was another senior play telling him to go short to Todd Goldstein. And but uh, even Teflon Snake said he just waited that five seconds too long. And I thought, I think uh, Todd Goldstein was a bit too casual about it. Like, I still mm. think he should have taken a mark, but he, he probably thought no one was near him. And, the, and I don't know which Sydney player just got a fist into it. And I'm not too sure. I think they had everyone back to the Swans. So there you go. It, yeah. it was always going to be. It's never as simple as it seems, nah, is it? No, nah, I mean, it wasn't going to be you know, a one on one chance. There was going to be a number of players back. And I think that if that. Kick gets marked by Goldstein, then he can penetrate the kick to the like within the you know 15 meters out rather than R2 putting about 30 35 out, where yeah. you've probably got a flood of Sydney players. So, yeah. but you don't know. I mean, we, we don't have um, you know, wide screen and we weren't at the ground, so we we couldn't tell from the vision that's uh, what we had. And like you said, I think it was just uh, blown up a bit through R2. And with yeah. Nick Larkey, I think there was a bit of perceived pressure. He was on Dane Rampey, who's got a habit of, um, you know, getting his you know, fist on every ball. And I, I, I felt like he, he probably thought there was a few times where he was a bit surprised where he had a bit more space and probably thought that Dane was going to get a, you know, um, a fist in. And he probably just flinched at a couple marks and went hard with the hands. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe he just um, got it. But it's all a learning lesson. For him oh as yeah, well. look, I've got no criticism of him. It's, it's just no. one of those days. What about um, what about Jack? Do you keep him there? Be hard to. Oh, you have to for this week. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to for this week at least. Mm. But uh, he, he might float to the back line again um, down the track. But the next couple of weeks, you probably have to think that he plays um, as a forward. And, and the worst thing he's going to do is um, 
put a lot of pr- put a lot of pressure on uh, defenders as well because he's got a great set of hands. A long penetrating kick, you can go a bit skewish sometimes, but um, yeah, look, I think you keep him there this week, and the back one seemed to work pretty well. Um, it's a it's a really interesting one with the way Jack Siebel played because long term, and they're, they're slightly different, they're slightly different players, but they're similar build. I, I think Cam Zerha is going to have to play that that type of a role that Siebel played. Um, yeah. Because I don't think you can have both of them long term in the same forward line with you know with two or three other tools. It's not going to work. But yeah. um, I, I, I like Cam Zuhar had a reasonable game, and, and he, look, he does yeah. some amazingly courageous things. But um, and he ran, yeah. he ran a lot harder. He did a lot more running this week, which was really good as well. It's I'm yeah, just more, I'm more thinking about the balance because we're probably a, a small forward short, as in a really fast. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, we would have liked um, a Ronke to come on for for us uh, towards the end. He had nine yes. possessions in the last quarter. Um, mm. And probably proved the difference as well. I think he kicked, uh, kicked a goal as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting one. So, yeah, we'll, um, we'll who, keep who it. Do you, who do you think comes in this week for Zerha? Um, oh, who we got? Uh so probably Eddie Ford's available. Yeah, he's probably the one I think. I mean, Zerha played. He played a high half forward. He was mm. pushing up the ground a lot. He he wasn't clogging up the forward line. He was getting a lot of kicks uh, from about 70, 80, even on the wing uh, this week. So yeah, I, I think um, yeah, I, I think it's a like for like replacement. Mm. And the way we played last week, you don't really have to t- change too much with the structure. So I think. No. Uh, I think Eddie Ford for yeah, that's probably that's probably the ideal choice. Eddie Ford I, I, for cameras I, I mean, what's exciting is, I mean, I think you're right. I think Eddie Ford is like for like, and um, and and he can play. You know, he 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 can play that hit up high forward and, and apply some pressure as well. There's some yeah. there's some people there's some play. And apart from the injured guys like Cunnington, Phillips, Anderson, Powell, Thomas, at some point in the year, you'd think we're going to see um, Gota, yeah, Curtis. Um, is is it Merriman? Merriman? Um, oh, Miller Bergman. Are you talking Bergman, about? Say Merriman. Bergman. Yeah, Merriman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Quite close. Enough. Yeah. I don't know where I've gone there. Uh, anyway, um, and even you know Spicer and Curtis, I'd like to see at some point as well, just as that X factor small forward. So, yeah. What's really interesting, I, I as an exercise yesterday, um, I went went through the list. You know, as you do on a Sunday. <laughs> I went through the full list because I've done. I usually do this every year and we'll try and work out who won't be on the list next year. And it's much harder to do it at the moment. You'd think where we are on the ladder and the way we've been playing, it would be easy. But it's yeah. really difficult to work out who won't be on that list next year. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd argue Jared Pollock's probably be one that stands out for me at the moment. That although he's got a year left, that he might yeah. not be there. But um, yeah. outside of that, it's not easy. No, no, we're, definitely we're, not. We've probably got too many halfback flankers or back pocket type players, and I mm. think they're going to have to replace some of them with the key defenders. But it, it's not easy to work out who's going, who who might go, because I thought at the start of the year Lockie Young was going to struggle, yeah, uh, and he's been really good. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you got Goldstein out of contract in a year. Do they mm. do they want to push Callum Coleman Jones? Um, Next mm. season, I'm not too sure. That's going to be an interesting well, year. That 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 might also come down to what he's offered. That's a really good point yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he, he, might, he might get offered two years at another club with more money. Yeah, like so. one or something like that. So, well, if I was yeah. the Bulldogs, I wouldn't hesitate. No, well, they got Steph Martin. He's a better player than him, and they're the same age. So, you know, I mean, 
Well, I think they, Sydney won 34. So. Yeah, they, I mean, they had Goldstein play in the grand final last year. They might have had a flag. So it's, yeah, um, you know, considering what happened to them, you know, um, particularly in the third quarter out of the ruck. Um, but, yeah, so that'll be interesting. But, I mean, they've, they've invested a fair bit to get Callum Coleman-Jones there. It's yeah. probably not going to be ideal for him to spend two years in the VFL. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You're paying a lot of money for it to develop a player in the VFL. So, yeah, I mean, that's got, that's got to come into consideration. Tristan Sherry's out of contract in the season. He might just want to wait till the end of the season to see where he's at with his football before. Well, yeah. well he's, probably, um, he's probably less stressed about what Goldie does now. Because in a way, he's thinking, well, I'm... I'm uh, but you're right. He'll probably want to see that play out. Actually, you're right. If, if suddenly he felt, if if he fell away, Goldie became the number one ruckman again. And suddenly they wanted Calvin Common Jones as the the, yeah, um, forward. the forward with the pinch hitting ruck. Because I just I, I don't know if you can have two. I mean, it worked on yeah. the weekend. Gold. I mean, although Goldie kicked his goals, but I think more more often than not on the weekend when he was playing the ruck rather than as a forward. Um, yeah. And he drifted down, and I think that's the way he likes to kick goals rather than as a stay-at-home forward. But anyway, I don't, yeah. I don't know if you can have two. See, if you look at Melbourne, mm. I mean, Gorn's more of a traditional ruckman, and you know Jackson's a freak. He can play almost any. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Jackson can play, and he's probably one. He's one of the best key forwards in the comp um, yeah. while he's down there. Whereas you know Goldie and, and Cherry are very, you know, both of them would probably like to play eighty percent of time in the ruck. Yeah, no. Um, I, I just think that second ruckman, unless you've got a freak like Jackson, you, you need someone who's very good as a key forward first, who's able to be effective in the ruck when they go in there. But they're only in the ruck for twenty minutes of the game. Yeah, yeah, so, ten percent of the game. Yeah, it, I just, I think you're right about at the end of the season. That's that's going to be a difficult situation. But I mean, Goldie was terrific. You know, there's no criticism the way he's playing. He was fantastic on the weekend. No, no, hundred percent. He still, he uh, kicked two goals. Um, was very influential in the ruck as well when he when he was there. He had eighty percent, eighty seven percent time on ground on the weekend as well. So he's still got the fitness. Um, I still think he's got a year or two at least left in him, uh, regardless of age. So oh, and, a year, and a year or two of good football as well. So whether he wants to do it North Melbourne or wants to get a premiership like maybe a Robbie Tarrant, that's yeah. um, that's that's totally up to him. So we'll, we'll see that pans out. I mean, we've got um, a number of other uncontracted players like Boston Balagi. Bailey Scott, Lockie Young. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with those individuals going for the rest of the year, whether they give them longer-term deals um, or, you know, like two or three years or whether they just, yeah, might have to get rid of one. Who knows? So depending Yeah, on well, we can't, we can't, we won't be able to keep all the mid-sized defensive players we've got now. It just, it won't work. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, and I say that only because we, we are at least two key defenders short. And we yeah. need we more than anything else. It feels like we need, you know, a, a full blown X factor small forward and a elite key intercept defender. Um, yeah, Mackay's a great. I think Mackay's awesome, and he's a great lockdown and cause similar. Yeah. Um. And and Zebel played the intercept defender last year, but that's not really you know I mean, his age as well. He's not going to become a future intercept elite defender. So they're going to have to find... I mean, Lee, players like Lever don't grow on trees, but they're going to have to earn more. Um, yeah. And he signed up for six years, so we're not stealing him from Collingwood. So um, <laughs> no. I was I dreamt of that, but it's not going to happen. No, no, definitely not. We, yeah, we I mean... look for someone similar, though, I think. Yeah. Oh, look, yeah, I mean, they don't grow on trees, um, those uh, type of uh, floating defenders that can... Uh, yeah, like Jeremy Howe's a very good one yes. as well. Yeah, so... 
they, they don't grow on trees. They're very hard to find. And usually, yeah, I mean, we, we don't traditionally do well, even when we get the big name recruits. We usually tra traditionally do well with um, the delisted like uh, players uh, in the past. Um, when we pay money to players, they, they don't seem to do well for us. I remember all the way in the 90s when we got Kenyon Reynolds on a big contract. Oh, don't, and, don't talk to me about We Go back third. We start talking about, you know, Hay coming from Hawthorne and yeah, yeah. absolute disasters there. But, yeah. I just, I, we, I mean, look, Higgins, Higgins was terrific. Del Santo and Higgins were great pickups from other clubs, and yeah. I think we got great value out of. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, Wade, Higgins was at the crossroads Wade. anyway. Yeah, I thought Higgins was at the crossroads anyway, and Del Santo was uh, 30, 31 years old, and Jared Waite was 30, 31. They were, you know, they, they were sort of towards the later end of their careers. We don't seem to do well with like a Jared Pollock, uh, <laughs> Don Tyson type of players. So no. they pay big money to, you know, players that, yeah. Get going to get the best out of so in that regard, but um, let's go on, uh, off topic a bit. But yeah, no, it's good. To, it's good to talk about that sort of stuff. Um, which players going on to the game? Which players you thought that uh, didn't perform too well? Um, I, I didn't look. I didn't think anyone had a disastrous game. I, I, I thought, as I said before, I thought Larky um, was just way off his his, his best. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, he's I'm probably the one. I thought Cam Zerha did some really good things and he tried hard. I still think he's struggling at the moment. And, you know, unfortunately he's got concussed using, you know, showing his normal courage. And that's never in question. That's, yeah, I, I, it's, it's for me, I mean, he, look, he's a, he just, he, this happened last year though. And then he had an unbelievable second half of the year. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully that'll happen as well. But he, uh, last year at this time, uh, early in the season, I was criticising his running capacity yeah. um, to be able to run both ways. And he just he, he looks cooked all the time. It's not quite as bad at the moment. It still worries me about him that he can run in a burst, but then he's, he looks knackered. Yeah. Um, and it just it's more to do with the structure of the whole forward line. I love him as a player and he's, you know, he's... Um, he, he he can be a barometer for the side, so I, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to write him off by any stretch. But no, I'd like him to I'd like him to get back to the form he was in, in the second half of last year because it it would make a huge difference and it would balance out our forward line a lot more. Um, yeah. But I, I, there weren't there weren't too many that I thought really struggled. I thought Atu was a bit up and down generally in the yeah. game. Yeah, I thought he was okay. He was yeah, okay. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I thought players like Curtis didn't have huge amount of possessions, but he ran really hard and he did it, used it well when he got it. Mm. Um, Turner, you know, was playing a very specific role on Blakey, so his, his numbers were low, but he, he was very effective and he kicked a goal in the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and, and look, Cherry only had I think six possessions, but again, he was he was strong in the contest, particularly was when he was in the forward line. So. It was, yeah, I, there weren't many that I thought were really poor. I thought the effort was good with just about every player that we had. Yeah. Yeah, and that's all it comes down to. It's more the attitude. And if the attitude's right, you can accept some individual players are going to still have poor games and, and, and just things aren't going to bounce their way. So, yeah, as long as a, as a collective we've got the right attitude and we play with the right intent, then um, it goes a long way to, you know. Um, how, how do you feel like Walker's going down back? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think I've talked uh, with this about Ricky that he's pretty much. I, I feel like he's just a placeholder at yeah. the moment. We don't have anyone else. That's um, right. We, we, literally, yeah, we literally don't have anyone else. Yeah, so he's probably getting a game based on that. He doesn't like. He, I don't think he plays bad games, but I don't think he does anything special either. Like he's just there. Um, you know, 
he has his limitations as well. He, like, he struggles athletically. Yeah, um, he, he does read the uh, ball in the air quite well and yeah. does take a few intercept marks, but he's not a natural defender as well. There's one he got. Um, there's a, a play where he just switched off in the, uh, in the first quarter, I think it was, uh, and there was a forward uh, double and back, and he just he, he wasn't switched on that uh, the play led into open space, and he got an easy mark in the forward pocket, and that, that's that's the thing that frustrates me with him about. Yeah, he probably just doesn't read it as well. He did it against uh, Brisbane a couple of times as well. So, at the moment, oh, you know, I mean, he's out of contract at the end of the season. I mean, if we get uh, a key defender from somewhere else, he, I mean, we'll, we'll probably have to keep him because he's got no. I, I, yeah, I, I think we're keeping him next year unless unless we get very lucky. Um, yeah. I mean, even we if we got an experienced defender, yeah. we'd probably still have to keep him. I mean, McGuinness to me. You know, his talent is as he might have. He he's still uh, six or seven kilos shy of being an AFL key defender. So yeah, he's um, played one game in eighteen months or something like that. To Matt McGuinness, so yeah. he's uh, yeah, he's a long way off. Uh, so yeah, I mean that that's going to take a lot of time if it ever happens, really, because he's just an injury prone player at the moment. So yeah, I mean, look, outside um, of um, Cooper Harvey, you would you would think we're looking at you know. I mean, that would be all you'd be looking for at the going into next year is Cooper Harvey and, you know, yeah. perhaps two to three key defenders. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too sure what the draft is looking like this year. Hopefully there's a key defender there in hey, the look, top. I, I mean, I'd, love a, I'd love a free agent like a Brayshaw or something like that, obviously. But, um, but he, he signed long term, uh, oh, unless you're talking about Nathan Freeman. So, no, no, I'm talking about Brayshaw at Melbourne. Has he signed, has he? Yeah, I think we tried to poach him a few years ago when we tried to get every player in a contract. No, I think he's out. No, I think he's out of contract again this year. No, I thought he signed like a four or five year deal. Or something. I don't think so. No, I think no, the no. Melbourne have tried to get him too, but he, he's he's holding out at the moment. Uh, okay. Well, they got well, they got Jackson as well. They got to re-sign. So they, I mean, that comes with success, unfortunately, doesn't it? So. Well, which which makes well, the, apparently that the. the I, I read an article about Brayshaw the other day. I think it was in Herald Sun, but I'm not sure where it was. That might have been, might have even been on SEN. Might have been Sam Edmund. Um, yeah. I was because they were they were discussing the fact that um, he's not 100 percent happy with the role he's playing at Melbourne, and he's he's uh, you know he's going to wait potentially wait till after this season's over to decide what he's going to do, and that they yeah. were, they were cautioning him about you know he's better off having a role he doesn't love playing and playing premiership side. So Yeah, okay. Um, but it makes makes me feel like he's a bit more gettable than you'd you would have thought. But so we'll see. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, he might want to play with his brothers brother or so, or so forth. Who knows? So yeah, yeah I mean true. if we get him, I mean he's probably gonna play a similar role to us and play on the wing, I'd have to think, because we've got uh a plethora of midfielders too that are up and coming. So I'm not too sure what his role wants to be. But um yeah, I mean at the moment I I think that uh if, if you're a key position defender, that uh, you, you know, if you want a bit of money, we might throw a bit at you. So, yeah, absolutely. We'll, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how we go. By but, the way, um, Cooper Harvey apparently had a good game on the weekend. Oh, did he? Well, that's uh, that's promising because I think um, yeah, he's a player that's touted to go in the twenties or something like that. So yeah, and we don't have our second rounder this year either. Um, we traded it for Callum Conley Jones, I think. So, but um, yeah, I think we're gonna yeah just use our lower picks and get the points up. And, yeah. Well, that sort of thing to get him up. So, yeah, that's that's uh, that's uh, a wait and see approach with that one. Um, any team changes you expect to happen this week? I, I think it's just as we discussed before. I, yeah, I think it's one. just going to be forward in and um, for Zerha out with concussion. I, 
can't see any other changes. I think they'll be keen to reward the guys. Um, yeah, whether, whether they had an amazing game or not, the, the level of effort was there, and I think they'll want to reward that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think uh, anyone else is available as far as injuries go or anything like that to come into the team. So I, I know, yeah, Eddie Ford had the health and safety protocols, so, and he deserves another opportunity. He, he obviously got uh, thrown into the deep end against Brisbane. So, he, yeah, this is a good uh, chance for him to make a statement against... We've, uh, we've, yeah, that's right. We've got Anderson Phillips coming back in the uh, BFL this week, so that'll be good. Yeah, well, that's a great recovery for Will Phillips uh, to yes. come back from uh, glandular fever so quickly. I was expecting half a year, to be honest with you. But uh, he looked good on the training track and uh, from all reports, is travelling pretty well. So that's um, really good news because it's an important development year for him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's good to get Jenny Anderson back as well because we kind of – it would be nice to get that uh, heavily contested player in the mid- midfield as well just to help out the other other players that are going through there. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so did you want to add anything else, Mark, before I let you go? No, I think uh, I think that's just about covered it, mate. Thank you very much uh, yet again for having me. No, no dramas at all, Mark. And where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, Mark, um, Mark Hello. Yeah, and then number seven at the end, I think. Sorry, like quite right, quite right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. it. So if they want to talk to you and uh, if you want to tell them uh, that uh, Todd Gosley should be playing reserves, then uh, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks for that. I'm sure I'll get some messages. Um, and ho- hopefully we have a big crowd down there on uh, this Friday. Should be great. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely get down uh, there if you can. Um, I know it's, it's hard for a lot of people, but uh, because they want to celebrate with their families and all that sort of thing. So, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully we get a good crowd in the forties odd thousand, and we can put in a decent performance because it's quite sketchy because. At the moment, if we can keep this game uh, going forward, um, especially after last year, so we wouldn't want to get another bad loss. I don't think this week. So yeah, no, to I've make got a good. Work. I've got a feeling we're going to be competitive again this week. I think it'll be good. Yeah, well, hopefully the Bulldogs keep uh, kicking as bad as they are at goal, and that'll give us a good chance. I think they've kicked sixteen goals, forty-three in their last fifty-nine scoring shots or something like that. So absolutely. Yeah, so hopefully they can keep doing that. That'll be good. Good man. Thanks again, Dan. I really enjoyed it. So thanks once again to Mark for coming on the show and talking about uh, our performance against Brisbane on the weekend. Um, that's it for this show. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, um, retweet, do whatever you can to help you with the show. It really helps me out and I really appreciate it. Um, I will probably do another show tomorrow. I'm looking to get uh, Ricky on the show once again. Uh, we're just going to uh, do a review as well and talk a lot of other things as um, as well. I always enjoy the chats with Ricky, as well as all, all I guess, so I get on my show. But, um, yeah, we're really getting depth with uh, Ricky. I'm really getting depth with Ricky as well. Um, yeah, so hopefully I'll probably have that show out for you tomorrow. Um, yeah, that's it for this show. So don't forget, like I said, like, subscribe, do whatever you can to help out the show. I really appreciate it. So, yeah, we will... Um, Yeah, be back tomorrow and we'll talk more about the North Melbourne uh, Football Club in general and, you know, how we played. Um, And we'll go probably more in depth um, as in the difference of, you know, the main differences of why we played so well as well. Like um, the big turnaround, I guess. Not so much why we played so well, but the big turnaround as well uh, from one week to the other. We'll just probably, you know, Ricky's very good. He's got a great article um, talking about um, the areas we did improve um, on over the weekend. So uh, definitely check that out. 
and uh, check out his stuff on the shinbonet.com. We'll probably plug it a bit tomorrow, and I'm sure we'll talk a lot about uh, Jason Norman Francis tomorrow as well, which I always enjoy doing. Anyways, that's it. Um, I will leave a shout-out to John Barnett. Bye for now.